Hey guys, welcome in. Welcome back. Hello everyone. Here we are. Here we are. Episode 6, round 6 of the one, the only, the H.O.P. Your boys Gabe and Steven are back. We are back with a very special episode this time. Uh, Steven, we're not drinking beer. What? We're not drinking beer. It feels we're, weird. We're not drinking beer. We're not, we're not drinking liquor. So, wait, what are we drinking? Oh, I'm glad you asked because we're drinking ciders today, Gabe, by Here. listener request. Because as we've said before and we'll say again, if you request things from us, we will drink them for you. So uh, shout out to some friends of ours, Sherelle, Mac, Elisa, Albert, uh, a few other people have requested ciders. We're going to do it for you today. We got a few uh, different ones to sample. It's going to be a good time. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Steven. Let's grab a drink. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Some let's cider. dive right in. Uh, we had a few people reach out to us about doing cider. Uh, very different. Uh, definitely not in my wheelhouse. So I'm excited to learn some things. Yeah, I'm excited to learn something new. Uh, we have done a lot of research getting ready for this because um, we told you at the top of the show back in episode one, go listen to it if you haven't, that we're not beer experts. But what we're definitely not is cider ep- experts. But we've uh, we've done our research <laughs> Before we dive into any of that, though, I do want to make a humble request. Uh, If you haven't already done so, go out and uh, follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, at the HO Podcast. Uh, Get on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Uh, We appreciate all you guys listening and downloading and uh, on whatever you you listen on. Um, But subscribe to the show. That's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And uh, if you enjoy the show, rate, review, um, five stars would be dope. Less than that, um, you're dead to us. But it, you know, we'll, but you know, we'll, you know, we'll let bygones be gone by if the you, wayside. If you give us a five star and let us know what you want us to drink for yes, you, please. We're doing that at the top of the show, not at the bottom of the this, show, so that you can't say you missed it. So this episode is just things. proof that we listen to people. <laughs> I, I, we promise we do. <laughs> All right, so ciders. Um, we're in uncharted territory here, guys. Uh, so before we dive into any of it, let's just start by just addressing up top, what the fuck is a cider? Wow, sick. Uh, okay, I'm just saying like, okay, cider is weird because it's not beer, it's not wine. It's probably closer to wine than it is to beer, but it's marketed like beer. So what the fuck? You know, you think cider, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like a lesser beer. It's like, no, it's kind of a lot different than that. And like you said, it's more closer to wine on that spectrum. And I would even argue maybe even like little juice. Cider is fermented juice. That's what it is. It's fermented apple juice or pear juice. It can be made from one of two fruits, apples or pears. If it's made from pears, it's technically called a perry, which sounds very posh and British. Very British. A little perry for your for your palate. Wanna go down to the pub and get a perry? Oh god. I can picture the person saying that. You know what See? I mean? Like I know what they look like. But the thing is that hard cider is um a acceptable 
alternative, especially craft cider, is a great alternative for uh, drinkers that want to participate in the craft beer scene. You know, we're a craft beer podcast. We obviously have a community here, um, and people want to participate in it even if they don't like beer or if they can't drink beer because they're gluten-free or allergic to something, yes, cider whatever is, it may be. You beat me to it. Cider is gluten-free, so all you gluten-free people out there, never fret. We will find something for you to drink. That's one I love I I think one of the most interesting things about cider like uh as you mentioned or as we are about to mention it's got a cap ABV of 8.5%. Yeah, so because it's ne- anything stronger than that would kind of be considered like in in this respect I th- I feel like anything stronger would be like kind of considered like a wine almost. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean which is so interesting. I are, I never knew that. I mean Cider's like beer in that you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want, right? But for in order for right. in order for it to be classified as a cider, especially, and there are different subcategories of cider too. There are um, you start with the most basic, what we would call New World cider. It used to be called Common cider, uh, and then there's different versions of that. There's the English cider, there's a French cider, um, and then there are specialty variations. There's fruit ciders, there's uh, herbed or spiced ciders, which we're going to be drinking today. Ice ciders. And then uh, they just have one category that's just specialty cider, and that's basically fuck all. It's just like whatever. Uh, Everything else, yeah. Because you could do whatever you want, but it does technically have a cap AVB of about of 8.5%. I just want to upfront let people know, instead of talking about what we normally talk about, right, which is IBUs, SRM chart, you know, different things like that related to beer, we're going to be yeah, talking about... Yeah, there's a, a different about, spin on it this time. Yeah, we're going to be talking about... Is it how dry is it? How sweet is it? Uh, what are the tannin levels in it? How acidic? What apples did they use to make it? Uh, and you know, is it cloyingly sweet? Is it super acidic? Is it complex? Are we getting other flavors off of it? You know, different things like that. That's you'd be what surprised you're in for. how many how many different apples dictate the type of cider that comes out. I got apples at the store the other day, and literally, I it was in like one of those self checkouts, and you had to. It was like what are you getting? I clicked Apple and there were like 12 options. And those are just apples. I was like, like, an apple, like I don't, yeah, like, so I can only imagine what, what it takes to go to the orchard and pick the specific kind of apple. And it's like, no, 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 we need the apples in the back to make this kind of cider because of the blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's all really interesting. And as you can probably already tell, if you're a big apple lover, Cider is for you. Welcome home. Welcome home. Yay! To this <laughs> That will never not be funny to me. Oh, God. Um, before, okay, so uh, let's do some quick news and notes. We do have a lot to cover today, uh, but we have, we have a few uh, exciting stories for you. Um, Gabe, what do we got? Oh, baby. So I'm a big Sam Adams fan. Uh, it's just one of my quality reliable old old yellow reliable beers um and they finally have a drum roll drum roll we don't have a drum roll tap room Fourteen thousand. okay all right all right thank you clap it up clap it up we got a fourteen thousand square foot facility it's been in downtown boston it officially opened last week They've got food. They've got all sorts of lunch offerings and specials. It's a three-floor, 4.25-barrel brew house. They've got a rooftop patio. 
20 draft lines, 12 taps will be dedicated to the brewers on site. I mean, this place is really cool. And one of the coolest things about this awesome spot is that it's obviously not near the brewery. It's downtown um, Boston, but the location where it is, is known as the restaurant graveyard because so many restaurants have been in this spot where the tap room is and they failed. And so, um, yeah, so they, they were like, like, okay, here's 600 restaurants that have failed at this location. Let's give it a shot. And one of them, one of them was the Dogfish Brewery tap room, uh, tap room, which is closed now. And now Sam Adams Boston Beer Company owns Dogfish. Yep. But they won't be yes, serving Dogfish do. at this location. <laughs> so Boston. Downtown people, Boston. Get there. Don't let them go broke. Yeah, we can't let them lose, guys. Let's all work together. <laughs> The place looks dope. It has a uh, 20 tap. It is a brew house, so it's a 4.25 barrel brew house. Of the 20 draft lines that they have in there, 12 taps are specifically dedicated to the beers that they're brewing on site. So um, so hopefully, maybe they'll be making some weird shit that you can't even get outside the brew house, you know? they Yeah, I was just about to say, they, they probably have already got in the works the uh you know specialty brew house ales or what lagers what have you um but all i know is they got that sam adams boston lager running deep so i'm excited about it get at it what else we got uh i'm not gonna go into too much detail on this but uh just in acquisition news um Molson Coors has acquired detroit's atwater brewing uh atwater has been a staple of the Michigan craft beer uh, community for 22 years. Um, they've been regrowing steadily. They had sort of a plummet in in, um, in production in 2016. So they've been kind of regrowing, and, and, and they have been growing steadily since then. Um, but they need to expand. Molson Coors has been uh, actively looking to expand uh, into the craft beer market more and more. So uh, Molson Coors's craft arm which is called 10th and blake has reached an agreement to acquire this uh brewery they'll um take over the majority of their operations um and then in addition to that elsewhere in the world um actually not that far away in wisconsin uh sprecher brewing company a 35 year old milwaukee brewery that uh lesser known i feel like um i haven't i hadn't heard of it uh before sprecher sprecher um, but they have been sold to a Milwaukee investor group. Um, the founder of the brewery, his name is Randy Sprecker. Uh, he's a 73-year-old gentleman who is retiring. Um, who now so, hates us because we pronounced his name like that. Sprecker. Sprecker. <laughs> but he is retiring. Good for you, sir. You're 73. Thank you for, thank you for the beer. Um, and he is... Uh, passing the brewery along um but it was important to him that sprecher stay locally owned uh so milwaukee investment group um has taken it over they are um a craft beverage icon they also make uh soda root beer um cider hard seltzer and sparkling water in addition to beer um Damn. hopefully this milwaukee investor group will uh will keep them going strong and finally and this finally one's for both the- of us this the granddaddy of them all. By the this, time you listen to this episode, the Super Bowl will have already been done. Yes, but the Super Bowl is tomorrow. We are recording it before it. We don't know who won, but I have a guess but, that they wear red. 
Just a guess. bum Get it? They both wear red. Do you know which one's wearing red in the Super Bowl? I actually don't. I really wanted the 40. I, they didn't wear them at all this season, so they're probably not going to wear them tomorrow. But I really wanted the 49ers to bring back their like gold. Their, um, I'm sorry, their uh, black alternate jerseys. They won't be doing that, but they will be wearing white. Kansas City is wearing, wearing the red. I Got it. Know. Okay. 21st anyway. Amendment Brewery, representing it. In San Francisco and the Boulevard Brewing Company, represented in Kansas City, challenged each other to a friendly Super Bowl bet. Hey, Steven, what's the bet? Yeah, so uh, Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City, they reached out to 21st Amendment, which is an excellent brewery in San Francisco. And uh, they offered a wager uh, on the winner of the Super Bowl. And basically the the winning city um, or the losing city will send the winning city uh, a couple cases of beer. Uh, and then they will most importantly donate one thousand dollars to a local charity of the winner's choice. So whichever city wins the Super Bowl, that brewery will choose a uh, a charity and uh, get a thousand dollars from the losing city. And then also, Gabe, you want to take the, the loser's uh, head brewer has to wear the winning team's jersey, snap a photo, and post it to social media, which I think is hilarious. So we definitely need to look this up tomorrow or whenever and figure out uh get that photo that would be hilarious but I, I it's also really cool that they're donating the money for charity which is awesome yeah it's also a little lighthearted. you know um the the super bowl is the first big beer event of the year right i mean this is the first time of 2020 um that there's a big beer centric kind of holiday I mean, that's right out drinking beer tomorrow and uh, it'll be interesting to see numbers wise, you know, um, how much hard seltzer because hard seltzer wasn't really a part of the discussion this time last year. Oh, it's a part of it now. It's a part of it now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but also, you know, the Super Bowl is definitely a, a beer centric time. Not a lot of people drinking wine at the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So it's good to see breweries participating like this. You know, it's uh, unless your husband is uh, one of the coaches of the football team, then you're drinking whatever they throw at you. Oh, Bruce Arians' wife. <laughs> I I mean I didn't say all that, but if if for all I you did. Amazon Prime account holders there's a little tv show called all or nothing they follow a football team around big fans and one of the funniest parts is while the coach is down on the field doing his work and doing what he's got to do uh what they've been showing is like the fan not just the wife like the entire family like goes to the game and just drinks and so I'm trying to get a family member of mine to be a coach so I can go to the games and I can drink because that sounds Seriously, like a lot Seriously, I've been saying forever we should just buy a football team. I don't know what we're doing. Cool. <laughs> I'll move some numbers around. All right, we're going to dive into some ciders. Before we do, we're going to do a toast um, a little bit different from the toast we usually do. Uh, Gabe, go ahead. Yes, so I just uh, I wanted to raise a glass. Um Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna have passed away. Um, really big tragedy in the basketball world. Really big tragedy in just the world, period. Um, he made such an impact on everyone's all over the world. And I know I'm probably the least qualified, but just from my own experience, I was a huge and still am a huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan. I remember watching him 
all the time on TV, and uh, they re-aired his sixty-point game the other, his last sixty-point game the other night, and I watched every minute of it, and it was just still as exciting. Um, you know, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, and he dropped eighty-one on us, and you know what? If anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Kobe. So I just wanted to take a moment and just really just give a shout out to Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna and also the other uh, victims of the helicopter crash. Totally. It's just so sad. And, you know, our world definitely took a hit with uh, those people missing out. So um, I am dedicating this episode to the one and only Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Thank you. We are, um, we're, you know, like you said, we're, we're a craft beer podcast, you know, um, but I think uh, this was just a hit that was felt um, around the whole globe. Uh, people who don't watch basketball at all. Um, I live in LA, and I was saying to you earlier that you know the 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 vibe in the city is palpable. Yeah, um, it's on all the buses, it's on our buildings. You know, you see a lot of Lakers jerseys, and it was just uh, it's been a weird week, and um, it's just uh, I. <laughs> I think about his wife and his his family. It's just Ugh, an unspeakable know. tragedy. So, um, yeah. So, thank you guys for indulging us, and uh, we are going to raise our glasses to Kobe today. Okay, let's uh, let's do some drinking. Alrighty, Gabe. Tell the people what we're uh, kicking it off with. All right, so we are kicking off with the Wolfer number one thirty nine dry rose cider from the one and only Wolfer Estate. Uh, they are in production of great ciders, great wines. They even have gin. But we are kicking off with the dry rose cider. It's very pink, um, shiny pink. Um, and Ooh, like, it smells like champagne. I'm excited. Yeah, so Wolfer Estate is a winery. So we um we talked about how uh beer cider is kind of this weird middle ground between beer and wine. And I think what what's cool about the selection we have today is that we're gonna do uh this Wolfer, which comes from a winery and is really mm. really a wine type cider. And then we're gonna do one that's a little yeah. bit more on the beer side for the beer drinkers. So um we're kinda hitting both sides of the spectrum. But Wolfer yeah, Estate absolutely. is primarily a winery. They're located in um the Hamptons. Uh and it is quite simply very large and very in charge. Um yes. if you haven't visited their site, definitely do so. Um they've got great videos of what I can only assume is some sort of uh uh drone just flying around the vineyards and it, it's it's really one of the coolest things ever um basically the estate spans approximately 470 acres so we've got 55 acres are farmed in the vineyard located in Sagaponic New York near the Hamptons 52 acres are on the north fork of Long Island 200 acres are in Mendoza, Argentina, 2.5 acres are in Mallorca, Spain, 
and we've got 160 acres managed in collaboration with the North Fork growers. I have never heard of something like this. This place is in like five different locations. Yeah, that's uh, that's see that's that wine making money right there cuz you don't see a lot of breweries expanding over like six countries. Um but <laughs> two roads has just opened up in yeah. Milan, Italy. Like that's not like what? Uh they're huge. I mean and and like we were saying, what they primarily do is wine. Uh they do have um a huge selection of reds, whites, rosés, uh sparkling wines. They also have um three ciders now they have um the wolfer number 139 dry the wolfer number 139 dry rosé which is what we're drinking and then they just unveiled a red this year Um, yeah that red looks crazy good it looks see that's it looks like a red wine shall we shall we clink should we clink we can't cross country we can cross country clink cross country clink Boom. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so the thing about drinking cider is contrary to what you may believe, it should not be very sweet. Now, cider ranges on a spectrum from dry to sweet, uh, and it may be sweet, but when you smell it, you're not going to get necessarily like apple juice level apple aromas coming off the beer and you shouldn't get that flavor either um if you do i'm getting like a hint of sweetness and i think that's kind of like the sweet spot yeah i mean ideally if you have a a cider that's really sweet it has to be balanced out with acidity and tannins tannins are um basically they uh contribute to the astringency of the beer that's a mouthfeel thing um the astringency is like how tangy or like uh, zesty or something it is in your mouth. I don't really know how to describe it. But that's mm. the higher the tannins are, the more you will feel that in your mouth. Common table apples that we normally use, you know, your um, wine sap, Macintosh, Golden Delicious, uh, Braeburn apples, um, Northern Spies. Uh, these apples are not very tannic. Their tannin levels are low. Then there are apples out there that... If I listed some of them, you would never have heard of them. Um, I haven't heard of those five you just mentioned. Like okay. what? All I know is Granny Smith. You haven't heard of Golden Delicious, Macintosh. I've heard of Macintosh. I will say that, okay. but yeah, the rest I I don't eat apples a lot. Well, then you definitely haven't there. heard from heard of Kingston Black, Dabinet, Yarlington. That's my Bill. dad's company. I've heard of that. <laughs> Uh, Nihu. That's a French one. Um, wow. But there are there are apples that you, you ever see like crab apples in in nature or just like apples that you see in the wild and you're like a human wouldn't eat those. Like, uh, are crab are crab apples the really smaller ones? Those are the really small ones. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what those are. <laughs> They're okay, good for throwing similar. at people. What it is similar to is, I don't know if you've ever been to a winery and like taken like a wine tour, but if you go to wineries, the grapes that the wine is actually made of are not grapes that you would eat at your table. They're not common table right. grapes. They're much right. yeah, they're, more sour. They're much different looking and tasting. Are they, are they grown a certain way? Like what, what makes them different again? Do you know? 
they're just different plants. They're different varieties Got it. Okay. of plants. So it's the same thing with apples. So anyway, what the point I'm getting at is that those varieties that you would never have heard of, those weird ones that humans just don't eat at your, as your common table apples, the ones you wouldn't put in apple pie, they have higher tannin levels, which make for more astringent um ciders sometimes more complex flavors some smokier flavors some different stuff uh that you'll see smoky ciders that's that sounds more of my speed yeah that'll be a a style that's a certain style it's called an english cider and they and a lot of times you'll get like smoky flavors coming off that and stuff like yeah Um, that's all that's awesome but this one is not that this one is made out of uh johnna gold crispin Golden Delicious, Ida Red, Gold Rush, and Northern Spy Apples. So it is a New World Cider, or a common cider, uh, made expressly from apples. And then the rosé quality, how do they get it to be red, Stephen? Thank you for asking, everybody. The way they get it to be red is they use apples with red flesh, uh, red skin, and that kind yes. of seeps into. So there's no there's no grapes, there's no strawberries, there's none of that in this particular cider. That is something you can do. But the reason it is rosé is because the skin is left on the apples uh, when it's, and so that that gives the juice the pinkish hue that we see before us in this very moment. I I love I love the the just feel of it it's obviously it's you know going to be lighter than like a regular beer but it's it it goes down so easily and it's 6.9 percent so which is i mean it's pretty- i mean so i guess my question would be if it's 6.9 percent what would be the difference between a 6.9 percent cider and a 6.9 percent beer like if I drink three of these, am I going to feel the same way I would if I'm drinking a beer? Yes. I mean, the difference is probably the beer has more... Okay, beer is made from grain. This is right. made from fruit. So this naturally is sweeter than beer. So you might feel it in your head a little more the same way you feel wine a little mm, bit in your head more. Wine, yeah, I was just about to say that like you do with wine. Just mm, because of the sweetness, okay. but but it's not um but I am ready for the hangover. Let's pour it in. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you get what do you get in the taste of it? I get like there's like a little bit of it's really crisp. It's really crisp. Yes, it's, it's dry. very very crisp. It's not very sweet. I'm getting I, – I saw it in uh, the breakdown on, on uh, I think, their website, but I'm definitely getting the hint of, like, the luscious fruit, like a little bit of strawberry feel, although it's, you know, mostly apples. It's – it's I let me – I don't know what I'm smelling. I'm smelling champagne. Yeah. It smells – Which is not a problem. It looks, you know, cider should never be hazy or have like sediment in it pretty much ever. Oh, God, no. It's perfectly clear. It's like we said, it's pink. There's kind of a purplish hue or tint, especially around the outside of it, especially when you hold it up to the light. Uh, Right. It is perfectly clear, perfectly crisp. This is a a beautiful summer cider. This is, I, I feel like I should be counting money. You know, like, I feel like I should be out in a polo shirt 
on my beach deck with this and like some of my closer just like counting just oh my money <laughs> like is that does that hit home for right, anyone it feels it feels sophisticated it it i mean maybe it's also the glass i'm drinking out of but yeah i don't know oh yeah yeah there we go since we didn't get to but yeah i mean it's it's definitely got the crispness of it and it's it's very it's very like like filling in the mouth right before it goes down if that makes any sense It's got a lingering finish. I, I like a little bit of like appleiness uh, lingers, but it's very balanced. It's just it doesn't hit you hard in the face with anything. It's not. I don't. It's it is not super complex in the um. Like you're not tasting. I don't know. You're not tasting this and getting like layers and layers of flavor. It's just refreshing. That's really right. What it is. Yeah. Like, vibrant and refreshing. If I didn't know this was six point nine percent. This would probably like. Oh, it'll sneak up on you. I oh my god! I feel like, like I said, if I didn't know it was six point nine, I would kill like three of these <laughs> easily. Like I'm, you know, I'm taking my time with it, obviously. But this is you could, <laughs> you could crush this. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the place itself. I mean, we did a little let's, bit. Let's but, do it. Uh, um, Wolfer Estate, or as I like to call it, Wolf of Wall Street, um, is absolutely enormous. Uh, it was founded in 1988 by Christian Wolfer, a man with great creative vision, uh, just a huge passion for all sorts of, uh, you know, cider, wine. They event- eventually added gin. Um, it was his his calling, in a way. Um, the estate is now owned and operated by his children, Mark and Joey Wolfer, and their winemaker-slash-partner, Roman Roth. And as I said earlier, it expands, my lord, just acres and acres all over um, New York, Argentina, Spain. I mean, it's it's really, really impressive. And as I said, on the website, you can see those videos. It is just, I like, I want to go visit. Yeah, so they have two restaurants in the Hamptons. They have the Sag Harbor and the Amagansett location. They also have uh, a tasting room at the vineyard uh, where you can go and make a reservation to do a a tasting of a bunch of their wines and then they have the wine stand which is this like outdoor venue in the hamptons where you can go during the summer on friday and saturday nights you can sit outside with like picnic blankets drink some wine watch the sun bring bay bring bay it was certified this uh estate has been certified for the sixth year in a row as one of the few vineyards recognized by the long island sustainable wine growing so definitely getting the recognition it most certainly deserves they take sustainability really seriously um you know we always love to see that uh the way they do it is they have um, invested in solar power at their wine stand they use biodegradable products for their food service. You know, uh, we mentioned that they have food at the um, at the tasting room, and they also have their restaurant. Yeah, they either use they either clean the plates, you know, and and reuse real dishware, or they're they're doing uh, biodegradable stuff if they have to use. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that, so that they're not putting it in the landfill. And then the other thing is, a lot of wineries, especially the bigger wineries, are uh, are basically investing in automation so they can use machines to do more work uh without ma- manpower basically 
This winery is doing the opposite of that. They want their hands on the product. They want to see how much they can actually be out in the fields uh, farming themselves. And they have, you know, they have a, a checklist of over 200 sustainable farming techniques that they follow in their vineyards um, for best farm practices to make sure that they're uh, they're basically treating the earth as uh, in as sustainable a fashion as they can. They have this beautiful land. They want to make it last. And one of the best parts of this cider is it pairs well with food. Yes, sure I know you're as excited as I am. Party picnic foods, hors d'oeuvres, salads, cheese, fruit, pie, fruit pies, and tarts. Or you can pair it with grilled meat, especially pork, seafood, or veggies, or enjoy it on its own. But, I mean... What's better than a nice meal? Like hors d'oeuvres, salads, and che- like when you say hors d'oeuvres and cheeses, I mean, sign me up. I like I said, we're gonna go to this estate and we're gonna just gonna just gonna ball out on ciders and wines. And this podcast is really just place. Gabe and I planning our summer plans. We gotta go, and you're all just listening to us make it. We gotta it, go to so. Cooperstown to go to the the fucking Oma Gang thing. Yeah, gotta go to listen to episode five if you haven't. Uh, we got to go here. Um, there were some other ones. I don't know. Go listen to all the episodes. Uh, okay, we we have to move on because we have to respect your time and your energy. And we have more cideries to visit. Uh, so Wolfer Estate, um, excellent winery. Uh, the Wolfer Rosé, perfect, crisp, beautiful option for the summer. Beautiful option if you live in L.A. in the winter. Uh, cause we don't have a, we don't have winter and it's it was, it was 85 degrees today. I'm going to kill you. I am. <laughs> That's bullshit. It was so nice. Uh, whatever. Colder. Yeah, so I, I weather would makes love you to be drinking this in the afternoon today. So, uh, a great option. Um, and, uh, that's sort of the wine side of cider. And now we're going to swing into the beer side of cider. Let's, let's go back to what we know. Let's dive into cider number two. So for number two, well, really number two and three, we have two different ciders. From Abandoned Hard Cider, we got a special hopped variety. They make a couple varieties, and the, the one I'm, I will be drinking is the hopped version. Uh, abandoned Hard Cider, basically crowdsourcing apples uh, from New York's Catskills and Hudson Valley. Uh, Steven, I'm so sorry you can't join me for this one. Uh, what should I drink to, though? Pick your poison. I'll do this for you. What What am I drinking to? Uh, drink to um. Oh God. Drink to uh the NFL draft on the fountains of the Bellagio. <laughs> the NFL draft that they're going to use a boat for the players for, as if they needed more of an ego boost. Exactly. While he's drinking that, I'm drinking Shaxbury ciders from Vergen, Vermont. And I'm drinking their ping pong cider, which is actually a collaboration with Modern Times Cider out here. And this is also a hopped cider. Um, so basically, Gabe and I picked up two different hopped ciders because we wanted to find a way that we could bring cider more into the beer world, uh, bring the two together, see if we could find something unique and interesting and see what we feel about it. So that's what I've got. How's that cider, Gabe? It's very good. So... Basically, what's cool about uh, this company is all of the information they have is on the can, and they tell you exactly, like for profile, they give it the fruitiness, a 7 out of 8, they give the dryness a 6 out of 8, and they give the tartness the four a 4 out of 8. 
And I will agree 100% with all of that. Um, definitely getting the fruity uh, smell to it before I even try it. It's definitely got that citrus vibe to it. Um, the tart is more, the tart taste is more of the, it, more of an aftertaste. I feel it most when it goes down. And like I said, the aftertaste, um, it didn't taste like what I thought it was going to be. I, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting kind of something similar to the Wolfer dry rosé in the sense of like the apple and the flavor profile, but this one's a very, very different. Um, I, I, I never really imagine i was like okay a hopped cider what what could that possibly taste like and it's kind of hard to describe but i mean what is on the can kind of sums it up perfectly it's got the fruitiness without being too strong it's got the dryness that i think a lot of people want in a cider um and it's got a really nice finish to it uh six percent so definitely it's it's all right and uh, their apples are uh, sourced from uh, counties such as Sullivan, Ulster, and Dutchess counties in New York. Um, it's like I said, it's very it's on the hopped variety, and it's just uh, it's a solid cider, very very light, very very light, kind of like the dry rosé. I would say even lighter. It's got that yellowy lamp color to it like when you turn a lamp on i have a lamp in my room so that i'm just comparing it to but uh yeah it's, it's thank you <laughs> very very good um i'm gonna take another sip hold on okay so now we're drinking beer like before we were drinking wine now we're drinking beer we've been drinking ciders the whole time i'm aware of that i'm just saying like this feels like like i took a sip of this and what i get okay the apple in this is uh again this is the ping pong um, the apple is really muted. You get it a little bit on the nose. Um, the color is a golden yellow kind of straw color. Um, mine's a little bit on the hazier side. It's not perfectly clear. Hmm. Um, and the smell that comes off it is, uh, muted apple, um, but definitely some citrus. Uh, the hops that are in here are, uh, citra and amarillo hops. So, those citra hops come through hardcore because when you taste it, what you get is citrus. And like, I could easily, uh, take a sip of this and I don't know that I would mistake it for it, but I can see a similarity to some citra hopped, especially like dry citra hopped new England IPAs. Like you get the hoppiness coming off this for sure. Um, I would be fascinated to, have uh, someone who's a real cider person but not a real beer person at all drink this um, because I don't know if you would like it. But if you're someone who developed a gluten allergy or used to like beer or didn't know you had a gluten allergy or whatever and you can't drink beer anymore but you used to and you miss beer at all, a hop cider like this is the way to go. Um, just... To be clear, this is a different style of cider entirely. Um, it's technically a spiced cider is uh, like how it's classified. So these happen to have hops in it, but uh, this is 
this category is a cider with any combination of botanicals added. Um, so in this case, hops. Uh, other examples would be ciders with like apple pie spices, so cinnamon, nutmeg, and allspice. Also, um, ciders with herbal tea in them, um, with lemongrass, ginger, anything of that nature, all fall into this category of herbed or spiced ciders. Um, but so your your cider is called the ping pong. It's called the ping pong. And does it make you a better ping pong player? Are you playing ping pong right now, Steven? Yes. Pick up the paddle. That's how. That's how multi-talented I am. That's what a triple threat I am. <laughs> that that counts as one of the triple threat categories. But I feel like that would be a side. Like I want to see you with glass in hand, paddle in the other, just like balls of fury <laughs> style, just like whacking it back and forth. But you know, it's called the ping pong. This is it's this makes it perfect for our show. It's called the ping pong because it represents the best of the East and the West Coast. The reason it's called the ping pong is because Modern Times Brewing is in California, uh, in in San Diego. I'm pretty sure, uh, and this brewery is in Vermont. So what they did was they traded their apples to modern times brewing modern times traded their hops to shaxbury ciders and they created this collaboration this cross-country collaboration called the ping pong teamwork so, makes the dream work it's perfect for our show because you're in new york i'm in la look at god he'll do oh my it god well i'm not in vermont so it, East i've coast, been to west vermont. coast gabe well okay there we go there we go i just took another sorry to switch back to mine real quick again we're not drinking the same beer so sorry to keep switching back and forth but i just took another big gulp of mine and now i can really feel and taste the tartness of it and it's normally not my thing the tart like i don't i'm not huge on sours like i don't i don't go for that but it's not because it's so low it's you just get a little taste of it and so eventually it will kind of like dissipate but it's a fruity tartness, so it's got flavor to it. It's not just like a normal, like, oh, it's just tart, and it's just got, like, no flavor. Like, it's got that fruity uh, finish to it, a juicy, fruity finish to it. So it actually provides a lot of flavor. I'm sure mm -hmm. is yours kind of similar in that regard? Like, is it, it fruity at all? It is, and um, it's 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 kind of fruity, but it's, it's definitely more acidic than the rosé that we were drinking, and it's more astringent and tannic which is what we were talking about at the beginning and i think what that has to do with and this is this kind of holds true for both your cidery in upstate new york and mine in vermont is that they both are interested in finding unique apple varieties uh and using them to make their ciders so not necessarily apples you know not the john golds of the world not the macintosh not the all the golden delicious not all the normal table apples but but older stuff um different stuff uh i know yours has a has a certain um program that they do where they like are looking for apples from and i'll let you talk about it and and mine has a what they call um a lost apple project uh or a lost and found cider project so basically what they're trying to do is like the apples of America's early cider tradition, like old, wor old world colonial ciders, those apple varieties don't exist anymore for a lot of reasons. Like, they've just been lost. But in Vermont, they can find trees where it's like, holy shit, there's this apple variety that we didn't know existed, and it's like right here. So they're trying to revitalize... Yeah, they can pick it off, yeah. Lost apple, like yep. extinct apples. They're trying to bring them back to life 
and recreate them. Um, so it's helping it's, the environment. It's helping the environment. It's helping them find apple varieties that uh, don't necessarily exist at the ready, and they go out in Vermont. They're able to find it. They're able to cultivate it, and then they're able to make really unique ciders. In fact, every year they even have uh, what they a, a cider that they call their lost and found. Yeah, they're lost and found, and every year it's different because it's whatever they were able to find in their harvest harvest that year. You know. Um, Save the trees, because they make apples, and apples are used to make ciders, and ciders are used to make us feel good. (laughs) What about yours? What is yours doing? So, yeah, they kind of have something similar. Um, It's called Drink Your Apples. Uh, Basically, what they do is, if you send in um, your apples from your backyard you get cider in return um they provide harvest sacks and they even do weekly apple pickups in sullivan ulster green and columbia counties they usually do it from september through november but i mean they can come pick up your apples um and they can make cider out of it um because uh the two guys who started this eric and martin they are always looking for different kinds of apples all over uh just wanted to give a quick shout out to them um those first ciders from Martin's old abandoned trees from his 100-acre property were basically the foundation of uh, the company of Abandoned Hard Cider. Um, Eric was is known as the fermentation guy. He's the author of a couple books. Um, he's considered a master blender. He's a Chinese tea specialist, and he holds a degree in wine education from the International Wine Center. So he's in charge of getting it all together, but Martin, who's known as the Apple Guy, basically goes around collecting the most unique genetics uh, from across the country, as well as those places I mentioned in New York, to basically find what what can make the different tastes uh, really pop. Um, Him and his wife Molly own the farm where the cidery is located, um, where it's still thriving today. you unfortunately cannot take a tour. Um, this cidery, as as previously mentioned, is what I, I like to call them secret cider ninjas because uh, they are actually not open to the public. Like I said, they don't have uh, tours available. Um, they're basically just kind of independent, independently run. They kind of do their own thing. Um, but like I said, you know, they you can trade in apples for cider and they do whatever they can uh, to really get their product out. And I mean, they do a good job of it. I stumbled across this abandoned hard cider and, you know, I saw the hop variety of it and I thought, well, if I'm going to pick a cider, most likely it will be this one. And I have to say, I'm a fan. (laughs) Mike Breen, uh, what do you feel about this situation? Bang! Exclamation point! That's right, Mike. You can always count on Mike Breen. Um, my cidery, Shaxbury Ciders, um, they were founded in 2013. Um, they believe that apples are the most diverse food plant on earth. They say, unfortunately, only a handful of varieties are cultivated at scale. And most of those, um, or all of those are designed for eating, not for cider making, which is what I've been kind of talking about this whole episode, I think. So, um, at Shaxbury, uh, they believe that cider should be daring and complex. Um, they're out cultivating apples from, uh from 
their foraging trips in New England um, from old world orchards in England and Spain, uh, and they believe their cider will change the way you think about um, the apple fruit. Uh, I mentioned their lost and found cider project, which I, I think is really cool. Um, they go out during their harvest uh, during the season. They look for um, weird variety of varieties of apples or, or undiscovered varieties of apples or new varieties of apples that um, on just trees, just trees around Vermont. But also, if you have what you believe to be a lost and found variety of apple on a tree, like just in your yard, you can fill out a form on their website, tell them about it, and they will come um, and check it out. So uh, that's really cool. Um, fill out the form, they, and there will be workers just in your backyard, like, all right, where are the apples at? <laughs> that's awesome. They say they've sampled thousands of apples, uh, fermented cider from over 150 unique trees, uh, selected 11 varieties to propagate. That was the first time they made their lost and found. Um, and they've created a lost apple orchard at Collins Farm uh, with Sunrise Orchards and Windfall Orchards in Vermont. You know, when it comes to ciders, um, there's a few states that you really want to look to to get great apples. Um, and I think New York, where your cidery is from, is one of them. And I think Vermont is another one. Um, so... Uh, and Ithaca, as previously mentioned in our last episode, we get it, Stephen. Your college has good apples. We that's New York. Get it. Uh, Shout out to Ithaca. So, um, Shaxbury does they they are available to you. Uh, they do have a tasting room um, in Vergen, Vermont. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Open Friday through Sunday. They also have a location in Burlington, Vermont, called uh, Co Cellars. That's a tasting room in collaboration with Zaffa Wines. So it's open Wednesday through Ooh. Sunday. Um, it features a variety of Shaxbury mainstays as well as some rotating specialty offerings from Shaxbury um, wines from Zaffa Wines. And they also have a menu that includes nachos, serve yourself hot dogs, and hot cheese every oh. Thursday. Whatever My that God. means. Hot cheese night on Thursday. It's Thursday. It's hot cheese night. I don't we know what that this. means. <laughs> Come hot, get some hot I mean, cheese. Like queso. Uh, right? Yeah, I guess. In Burlington, oh, uh, Vermont, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I mean That's awesome. Uh and as far as what they have to offer as a company, um they have their staples are, are the dry, the rosé, and their Argo ciders. They have the ping pong that I'm drinking. Um, they have the Vermonter, which is aged in gin barrels. Um, they have the Lost and Found, which, as I said, changes annually. They also have the Deer Snacks, which is made from wild, gnarled fruit. Um, you know, apples that you would see out in the world. You'd be like, oh, we can't pick that. It's kind of fucked up. We're going to leave that. That's a snack for the deers. They make ciders out of it called the Deer Snack. And for Abandoned, uh, they actually only have three beers, or well, three ciders right now. Uh, they got the Hopped, what, which uh, I am drinking. They have a Classic, which is basically just a very apple and rustic flavored cider. And they also have, Stephen, pay attention, barrel-aged cider. Barrel-aged? Barrel-aged cider, hints of... Yay! That's how he feels inside. Uh, hints of barrel oak, vanilla, and bourbon flavors. That I would actually be interested in, in trying just because of the vanilla and bourbon flavors in a cider. Like, that's yeah, me wild, right there. Dude. That's my calling right there. Uh, we got to move on and wrap it up. Um, but 
ultimately, at the end of all this, what I hope we've given you guys today is an idea that, um, or a sense, if you are a cider drinker, um, I hope you realize that there are, are oh, there's a whole world of variety and exciting stuff out there in the cider world for you. And if you're a beer drinker, realize that cider can be fun too. Uh, there's ciders like the ones we're drinking right now that make you go, that's a fucking cider. Um, cause like I'm missing the apple almost entirely in mine, uh, cause what I'm getting hit with is hops and citra hops, which is crazy. Um, but it's gluten free. So I hope that we've given you a sense of the variety of the cider world. Of course, we'll come back to ciders in, in the future. This is not the only time we're going to do this, but uh, it is the first one. And I hope that we've, uh, somewhat set out to accomplish what we set out to do. Apples can get you drunk. Yay. Okay. Um, Love it. Before we bounce. So we do need to get the hell out of here. But before we do, as always, we like to end on a fun, caught our eye sort of topic. As if the Breaking Bad guys couldn't get any cooler. Um, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, famously known for playing Walter White and Jesse Pinkman on the great TV show Breaking Bad. If you haven't heard, they have started their own company making Mezcal. It is called Dos Hombres, and they were just in Miami Beach. And what did they do? Did they pass it out? No. Did they give a tasting? No. Those badasses jumped behind the bar, acted as bartenders, and were pouring the the drink for people ahead of the day before the Super Bowl just because they wanted to spread the word. And, I, I mean... I would love to go drinking with these guys, and I can just picture, like, Brian Cranston, to me, would be the type of bartender, like, he would be your best friend. Like, you would be talking by the end of the night, and, you know, he would give you, like, oh, you gotta go to this place, you gotta go to that place, like, he would be the coolest dude, and then Aaron Paul would... I, I feel like Aaron Paul would be another great bartender, but he'd be the type of person where it's like, hey, man, what can I get you? It's like, oh, I'll take a beer. Dos hombres, you got it. And he just pours tequila, and he's like, here you go, drink it. He just, like, hands it to you straight, just, like, in a rocks glass, and just goes, there you go. Um, but they were in Miami uh, just killing it behind the bar. Videos and pictures galore. They look like they're having a great time, and apparently Dos hombres is doing very well. That's awesome. Um, so good for them. And uh, real quick, uh, before we run, um, ding dong, the peanut's dead. Yeah, rest in peace to Mr. Peanut. Um, if you haven't caught this, uh, planters murdered their mascot on television. Which I didn't even know was possible. They sure did. Um, okay, so there's a commercial that they aired um, where they're driving in their peanut vehicle, shaped like a f- peanut. Uh, and it's Matt Walsh and Wesley Snipes, and uh, they run over an armadillo. No, they almost run over an armadillo. Oh, yeah, they swerve to avoid the armadillo. They swerve. The car goes flying. They all are holding onto a branch. The branch is cracking. They're trying to decide which one of them is going to let go. Uh, Matt Walsh and Wesley Snipes can't decide between the two of them, but they know that they don't want the peanut to let go. So they're both like, no, Mr. Peanut, don't kill yourself. And then he's like, I'm going to. And then he... Homeboy just lets go. Then he falls to his death. And then, just because they really wanted to drive the point home, at the end of the commercial they go, maybe he survived. And then the vehicle and the peanut explode in a ball of fire. What? The, why would you kill 
your mascot. Like, okay. uh, obviously, they're probably going to, like, roll out a new one. So, they're going to be airing his funeral during the Super Bowl oh tomorrow. Oh, my God. And I think this has come up in the podcast before, but if you aren't aware, I have a peanut allergy, and I take great offense to peanuts as a crop in general. I feel that they're it's a flawed... Uh, it's a flawed plant. And, oh, Stephen Biased? Oh, I. Uh, if you put peanuts in your beer, we don't support it. Um, I, I uh, we're very excited that Left Hand Brewing, uh, shouted us out on their story. We love, uh, what they're doing, but you put... Shout out to Left Hand. If there's thank anybody you out there listening from Left Hand, um, thank you guys. We love you guys. Uh, don't put peanuts in your beer, though. Did you, did you see the photo they shared? I sure did. Of that? That was some... That was Somebody's... It was like a hand holding onto the can, and the hand was just smothered in peanut if butter. If I was and that I, hand model... I saw it, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. If I was that hand Steven model, saw I would be dead. and yeah. ran away. It's just wrong. It's just like... It's just it's just incorrect. Um, it's not wrong. Maybe... You ever think maybe it's you? No, and I think that Planters understands <laughs> that, and that's why they murdered the guy who was a walking peanut. They're, they're bringing out a, a younger, sexier mascot. That's all it Mr. is. Mr. Peanut was my coronavirus. It's just like walking around. Wow. It's just like I could, I could encounter it anywhere. Because you people have to understand, like, if you're listening to the podcast now and you have a peanut allergy, like, the world is very friendly to peanut allergies right now. But it hasn't always been that way. And I grew up in a time where no one gave a baker's fuck that you had a peanut allergy. <laughs> no one gave a shit. There was no separate table at the lunchroom kids were waving peanut nope. butter jelly sandwiches suck in my it faces up and grab that EpiPen. no one gave a fuck people would <laughs> flash peanut butter at me constantly if i went into an ice cream store or something i was like yeah i have a peanut allergy can you use it they would just stare at you they'd be like so they'd be like yeah they'd be like get out you can't have any ice cream um but on that glorious note of steven being overly allergic so he's and dead and we're gonna go peanut man um, that's you say a prayer tonight no fuck that guy well i will uh, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> thank you very much for joining us for, for round us six for very different episode than what we are normally used to we hope you enjoyed it we hope you liked it ciders are definitely a way to go and a way of the future as we mentioned earlier please Follow us, listen in, subscribe, give us those reviews, let us know what you are want us to drink. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, guys, the reviews are so important. Like I know it's kind of a pain, but if you just like if you if you like the show, rating, reviewing, it makes a huge difference. It really helps the show. Um, it's so easy to click on that five star. It, it's just the easiest. All thing All the you'll other stars are really day. hard to click on for some reason, but the five is just right where your thumb wants to be. It just it, right. It, five is like near the middle of the screen. You're good. You're good. We, we support. It's it. so important. Um, follow us. Uh, we're gonna be doing. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, we'll be doing some behind the scenes stuff as much as we can. We'll be throwing some polls up there. We want to hear from you guys, so please engage with us. Uh, and. I think that's all we got to say. Uh, Apples can get you drunk. Catch us next week. If you, uh, oh, did you have more to say? If you've learned nothing from this episode, just take that with you. Catch us next week, as Steven said, every Thursday rolling in to your earbuds. That's about it. That's it for us, everybody. Uh, drink well. Be well. See you next Thursday. Cheers. Cheers.